why the New Orleans Saints could make another splash in free agency by signing Frank Clark, but probably won't. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make it Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Before, Be sure to subscribe and follow on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest daily episodes. I am your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays a lot in the NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode, we're going to play a little stay or go with some of the remaining New Orleans Saints uh, in-house free agents. We'll look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson's new contract with the Detroit Lions and why the New Orleans Saints trade to the Philadelphia Eagles now doesn't look so bad in terms of compensation. But first, Could the New Orleans Saints look to make another splash signing in free agency this offseason? And could that splash signing be former Kansas City Chiefs defensive lineman Frank Clark? I don't think so. But there's a couple of different things to discuss here, right? The first of which is, why would the New Orleans Saints look to make another splash move? Well, first of all, they've got the money, right? They're ninth in the NFL right now in effective cap space, which takes into consideration the amount of money that they would have to put aside in order to bring back their or to to sign their draft class at the end of April. They sit around $13.2 million available after the estimation of what that draft class will cost. So they have the space to be able to get it done. They have the need to be able to get it done. Edge rusher in particular is a spot where the Saints need some help, right? You've got Cam Jordan on the other side, but I don't think you can say with your whole chest that Carl Granderson is going to be the starter to begin 2023 opposite Cam Jordan. So they could be looking for another option there and then allowing Carl Granderson and Tano Passanio to do what they did so well last year, which was rotate a bunch. Now, Carl Granderson was impressive in his starts last year, particularly toward the end of the year when he started to usurp uh, uh, Marcus Davenport for starts, whose contract is now official in Minnesota, by the way. But maybe the New Orleans Saints look for another option to be the potential starter there and then get those other guys back to rotating, especially with Carl Granderson entering a contract year. Now, they could go that way. They could also let Carl Granderson be the starter, but still look to add to that room because right now they've only got a handful of guys on the roster. So adding more talent there does make a lot of sense. The third thing to consider here, though, when it comes to why the New Orleans Saints could make a splash, but very likely won't if it's Frank Clark or why Frank Clark is very unlikely to be the guy, I say on Tuesday very ready to come back on Thursday or Wednesday and record an episode about how Frank Clark is your new starting defensive end. We'll see how it goes. But look at the emphasis that the New Orleans Saints have placed on the players that they have drafted so far over the course of the past uh, week, right? Jamal Williams, Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, all of these guys are very much culture guys, right? Frank Clark doesn't really carry that tag. In fact, Frank Clark comes with a lot of baggage. He had a domestic violence claim in his past. He had another uh, you know, court thing in, in the past. He recently had a Los Angeles uh, gun possession arrest as well. There's a lot of things that kind of pile up when you start talking about Frank Clark that doesn't necessarily fit where the New Orleans Saints 
seem to be right now. Now, don't get me wrong. Just last year, they pursued Deshaun Watson. So can we rule anything out? No. But just based upon the signings that the New Orleans Saints have made so far, their focus on culture, like a guy like Jamal Williams, who's like never had any legal issues, doesn't have any of that sort of concern in his past, has like no baggage at all. Colin Saunders the same way, at least that we're aware of. And so I think that when you look at a guy like Frank Clark, it kind of rules itself out. At least that's what makes sense to me. Now, the Saints could still address this position, right? And there's some good free agents that are out there that they could potentially go to. In fact, some of which they've gone to in the past before. The tricky thing is there's not really anybody out there that fits their mold. Six foot five and above, six foot four and above, 270, 280 pounds. But that doesn't mean that the Saints won't be interested in those players, right? Don't don't forget, the Saints went down the road with Jadavion Clowney, who was at the time six foot three, no, six foot five, like 250 pounds. They went down the road not too long ago with a guy like um, uh, uh, Robert Quinn, who is also in that 250 pound range, sort of smaller speed rusher guy with Dennis Allen as a part of those defense. So we can't rule out the idea that the Saints could invest in a smaller guy this offseason when they've looked to invest in smaller guys in previous offseasons. It's more so feels like a draft prototype than it does feel like a does that player work in the NFL prototype. So you look at some potential options that the Saints might be able to go to. They could go to a guy like Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe uh, weighs in at just six foot two, two hundred forty six ish pounds there, but he's had a successful career despite that size. And if the Saints want to add somebody that's going to have the type of speed, the type of recognition, all of those things to kind of help them with where they've struggled a lot over the past couple of years, which is mobile quarterbacks, probably going after the smaller, speedier edge rusher makes a little bit more sense. Nine and a half sacks last year, 10 sacks the year before that for Yannick Ngakwe, who's played on a lot of teams. Jacksonville, he's been to Minnesota, he's been to Baltimore, he's been to Las Vegas, he's been to Indianapolis, uh, where he had ten and, uh, nine and a half sacks just last season. So no matter where he's been, he's been productive and he's been consistently productive. I mean, you look at the last five, I mean, really every season, eight sacks in 2016, 12 sacks in 2017, nine and a half in 2018, eight total in 2020, despite all the different teams that he played on. Uh, 10 and then nine and a half in the last two years. So this guy has had at least eight sacks every season of his career since back to 2016. Doesn't that sound familiar? Because remember, you look at a guy like Cam Jordan, who since coming into the NFL in 2011, since 2012, has had at least seven and a half sacks every season. So wouldn't you like to have that type of consistency across from Cam Jordan? Of course you would. Does the size make a big enough difference for you to be able to ignore that? I don't know. That's for the Saints to answer. Robert Quinn is somebody that the Saints have gone down the road with before. And didn't end up signing, but is now a free agent and is available. Now, he hasn't had as much consistent success over recent years as Yannick Ngakwe. He's also uh, quite a bit older as well, 32 years old, will be 33 by the time that the season starts. But when you look at his sack numbers, um, you know, in Chicago, obviously, he played extremely well while he was there. He only had one sack last year in 2022, despite appearing in 13 games. So has he already hit his cliff, right? So, but... Is that enough? I don't know. So you have to look and see maybe Robert Quinn could be an option. Maybe you go for, you know, you want to talk about a guy that the Saints has in, that the Saints have invested in here recently or in the recent past that is a Dennis Allen defensive guy that the Saints drafted and that is now a free agent. Look at Alquadine Muhammad. Six foot four, yeah, he he hits that mark, but 250 pounds. And when he was at the combine, it wasn't like he weighed much more before they drafted him. He weighed in that year at six foot three. 253 pounds. So the Saints have already invested in Al-Qadim Muhammad before. Could they bring him back? He was a part of that illustrious 2017 draft class. 
spent his last year with the Chicago Bears, only had one sack, had six sacks a season before that with Indy. So is he somebody that the Saints could potentially invest in? My point being that what the Saints have been doing here over the course of the offseason so far is that they've been going after character players. And Frank Clark maybe doesn't necessarily check that box. And if they want to invest in edge rusher and find somebody right now, it's going to be hard to find somebody in free agency that checks the other box, which is the prototype box. So which one of those, for production sake, are you willing to forego? The character concerns or the prototype? If I'm given an option here, I'm going after Yannick Ngakwe with the quickness. That's who I'm going after. The guy that's had eight sacks ever since he's come into the league. Get that consistency opposite Cameron Jordan's consistency. And what the Saints have been really successful doing here recently, right? They signed Derek Carr to a contract that's really not that astronomical at all for a, for a quarterback. Then they go out and they make another splash with Jamal Williams. They go out, they make another splash with Colin Saunders. But really, those are economical splashes. Three years, $12 million, three years, $12.3 million, not a lot in terms of the contract. Yannick Ngakwe could fall into that same class of player to where you can make a multi-year splash, but still save yourself enough money to be able to continue to build around other areas of your roster, linebacker, safety, so on and so forth. So if I'm looking for the New Orleans Saints to make a splash, again, before free agency fully wraps up, I'm going over the defensive side of the ball this time. I'm looking at edge rusher, but it doesn't have to be Frank Clark. They can find other ways to get it done. Speaking of finding other ways to get it done, the New Orleans Saints found another way to get their slot taken care of in 2022. In the midst of doing that, they traded away C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now that we've seen C.J. Gardner-Johnson sign his one-year $8 million deal with the Detroit Lions, it tells us a lot about how critical we were, maybe too critical uh, we were, about the Saints trade of C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll break it all down, and I'll show you why as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the absolute faith all across the nation. And right now, if you're a first-time user, it's even better for you because first-time users are going to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's bonus bets that you get back if your first bet doesn't win, meaning that there's no losing when it comes to that first bet. Get in on March Madness, the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. Get in on the NBA. You can get ahead of the NFL, start getting into some of the futures there. Saints still the favorite in the NFC South and still in the top five, top six when it comes to favorites in the NFC Conference as well. So maybe you want to get in on all of that. Well, FanDuel is the place to get it done. And don't miss your chance in the meanwhile for your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Maybe the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade wasn't as bad as many expected in the moment. Thanks, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So when we look at the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade from just a year ago, um, in, you know, ahead of the preseason, all that, the Saints trading away their star slot corner, one of the better slot corners in the NFL for the fifth round pick here in 2023, and then a sixth round pick in 2024. It was criticized. And I think I understand why. I was a little bit sort of lukewarm on it myself. I wasn't super pleased with the return that they got, but I also understood why they got the return that they got because it was clear that he wasn't going to be in New Orleans. They didn't have really any leverage in terms of what that was going to look like. Um, you know, they didn't really have the uh, 
uh, uh, abundance of time to be able to really, you know, say anything other than, okay, we got to get him out of here, basically. Because the Saints kind of went down the road on trying to get a deal done with him. They wanted to pay him as a slot corner. He wanted to be paid as a top safety. The Saints obviously weren't going to pay safety money for a slot corner. That's, that's you know, several million dollars per year, four or five million dollars per year difference in terms of what those top contracts look like. And so basically they said, okay, well, we'll trade you, let you go somewhere where you can play that role and, and we'll see if you earn that money. And now CJ Garner Johnson kind of has this weird situation to where he goes to Philadelphia, he plays a safety role, he gets six interceptions, led the NFL for a little while, had one fewer interception as an individual than the New Orleans Saints had as an entire team in 2022. And he sits on the free agency market up until just about a day ago where the Detroit Lions sign him, reuniting him with former Saints coaches like Dan Campbell, who's their head coach. And then, of course, Aaron Glenn, who's their defensive coordinator, formerly the Saints secondary coach. Um, and he gets a one-year deal that's worth up to $8 million. That's effectively a $6.5 million one-year deal. So the reason why that's important is because when you look at the, 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 the return that the Saints got in the trade versus what would have happened if they would have had him continue to be a part of their team in 2022 and then end up letting him walk at the end of the season, the Saints actually ended up in a better place. So I want to show you this. This is from um, Mike Triplett over at New Orleans.football. Obviously, Saints didn't get max value for Gardner Johnson when they traded him. Uh, they decided to uh, move on from him. Uh, regardless of the compensation, but they did get the equivalent of a fourth round comp pick. And that actually now winds up being more than what they would have gotten by waiting. So what does he mean by that? So for the Saints, they get that fifth round pick here in 2022 or 2023, and they got a future sixth round pick in next year, which counts kind of as a seventh round pick for this year. It's kind of the way the NFL values future picks, right? For every year removed, you go down a uh, a round. So if it's a second round pick for next year, it carries the value of a third round pick for this year. If it's a second round pick two years from now, it carries a fourth round pick this year, so on and so forth. So the Saints got a fifth round pick, right? They got a seventh round pick effectively value this year. So that gives you somewhere around the value of a high fifth round pick. You might call it a fourth round pick, low fourth round pick. It's, it's pretty much the value of a high fifth round pick in that case. Well, with CJ Garner Johnson signing just a one year, effectively six and a half million dollar deal. He only nets the Philadelphia Eagles a six round comp pick. So the Saints got in, in a year from now, which carries the value of a seventh in the year that they lost him. So the Saints got a lot more value out of that trade than the Philadelphia Eagles got by letting him walk at the end of 2022. Now, your question might be, well, would you have gotten, would he have gotten a better contract in New Orleans? I don't think we can say that. And here's why. CJ Garner Johnson wouldn't have had the effect that would have made the New Orleans Saints better in 2022 by playing in the slot. It just wouldn't have been the case. Now, the reason why I say that is because a lot of the struggles that the Saints had were over on the offensive side, not the defensive side. And I think we could make the argument that, yeah, maybe C.J. Garner-Johnson brings you a few more interceptions. But remember, he got those six interceptions playing all from the safety spot. None of those interceptions that he got in Philly came from him playing in the slot. He only played 152 snaps in the slot. He walked away with zero interceptions. Here's more on why you probably wouldn't have gotten a better deal if you're C.J. Garner-Johnson staying another year in New Orleans. Not only did he have 
no interceptions in the slot, despite those 152 snaps there. He also allowed 27, 24 catches and two touchdowns on just 27 targets. That's a huge completion rate. He had an over 120 passer rating when targeted while in the slot, much better at safety, which is what he wanted to do in the first place, right? And, and you can see why, because you saw him ball out at that position. But just looking at what he would have been in the slot for the Saints, he would have ended up having a worse year in 2022 with New Orleans than he had with Philly. I think that's easy to see with six interceptions from a safety position he would have never played in New Orleans. Avante Maddox and Josiah Scott, by the way, were the guys that really manned the slot for the Philadelphia Eagles. But CJ Gardner-Johnson took 152 slot snaps. That's not far off from the 189 slot snaps that Bradley Roby got. And Bradley Roby allowed just 16 catches on 33 targets. It's a way lower completion percentage, no touchdowns, and had about a half of the passer rating when targeted as well. The issue for the Saints in the slot was when Roby got hurt because then they had to turn to guys like Chris Harris, Justin Evans, who actually, by the way, just signed with the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday, and Tyron Matthew, who each gave up a touchdown in the slot. And only Matthew gave up an opposing passer rating to quarterbacks that was less than 115, right? His was around 81, and gave up a completion percentage of less than 76%. He only surrendered a 52.9% completion percentage. So I think the way that you have to look at this is that, yeah, CJ Gardner-Johnson probably would have helped the New Orleans Saints a little bit in 2022, but not enough for him to have had a better season and to have gone out and gotten a better contract here this offseason. So with the Saints getting the value that they got from his trade and knowing that had he gone out there and even at his absolute best, would he play it in Philly? If he would have done that in New Orleans, the Saints would have gotten a six-round compensatory pick a year from now. And instead, now they end up with a second, fifth-round pick this year, which is going to be valuable because places where they have needs like defensive interior, edge rusher, slot corner, uh, 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 wide receiver, or tight end are pretty deep in this year's class. So that fifth round pick or those two fifth round picks could be traded to get another fourth round pick or even just staying and using that fifth round pick, the Saints could potentially walk away with something that actually ends up helping them here. So yeah, they could have gotten some better play out of CJ Garner Johnson in 2023 than they got, or 2022 than they got from some of those other guys that played in the slot. But for the most part, with Bradley Roby there, they got good, good performances there. So you get, you would have ended up with a lesser value comp pick. Than the one that they traded for last season, especially considering too the thing that CJ did really well, those six interceptions again didn't happen at all in the slot. That all came from him playing in a position that he would not have played in New Orleans. Therefore, maybe you can make the argument that he would have had at best half the amount of interceptions in New Orleans than he had in Philadelphia. At best, especially considering that the Saints only had seven interceptions as a squad in 2022. So the Saints didn't end up that bad when it came to that C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade. And if you want to know why C.J., by the way, got that contract, I think that there's enough out there for you to be able to understand that like him talking trash about other coaches and things like that, like that stuff impacts your market. Thankfully, he ends up in a place where he knows people, where people know him, and hopefully he performs well in Detroit. I love what Detroit's doing, and I think that the on-field, everything that you get with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, if the off-field stuff keeps together, man, is he a very, very good player? So he, should, he could be a lot of fun to watch over in Detroit. All right, coming up next, more New Orleans Saints in-house free agents still sit out on the market. We just watched Justin Evans sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. Who else could be on their way out and who else could be returning? We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And Built Bar March Madness is now underway. We know you have a favorite Built Bar. We know you have a favorite Built Puff. And now is your chance to make it all count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites today. You know I'm going to be voting for my favorite mint brownie. Those are my absolute favorites when it comes to it. But there's a whole bunch of others that you can get in on. And if you get in on it, 50 lucky Locked On listeners are going to get a free box of Built just for participating. And not only that, one lucky Locked On listener is going to end up with a 12-month subscription uh, to Built, getting all the Built's best bars shipped directly to your door every single month. So you got to try it. You got to try Built. Go and check them out today. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now so that you can vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every single day here in March. So hop in and support your pick today. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode with a quick stay or go with the remaining New Orleans Saints in-house free agents who could be returning to New Orleans and who else could be on their way out. We've already seen the likes of Andy Dalton and defensive tackles like Shai Tuttle and David Onyemata. They've all gone to NFC rival, NFC South rivals. We watched Marcus Davenport go to uh, Minnesota today on Monday. Uh, Justin Evans went and signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. We got Deontay Hardy up in Buffalo. So who else could be on their way out and who else could be sticking around? So we're going to break all of this down. Real quick, I want to remind you too about our subtext line, which you can join at joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. Link will be in the description as well. It gives you an opportunity to just do some one-on-one with me through your phone. Basically, you just get to text me uh, effectively and get to go through, you know, I've, I've been sending some inside stuff on some of the new additions and things like that. So, and once we get to the season, a lot of thoughts, you know, I'll send out like halftime, quarter notes, all that other stuff. So you want to check that out because that's the only place I'm going to do that is on subtext. Gives you an opportunity to further support the show. So go and check it out. 14 day free trial and then $4.99 after that, if you want to stick around. All right. So let's talk through these walk or uh, stay or go uh, players. Here are the players that I have going, right? Not saying in New Orleans. I, I don't know what's going on with Jarvis Landry. Um, I've had a lot of folks ask me about him. He's one of the few players in free agency that I don't really have a beat on. Like, what is he doing? Where is he? What's going on? So I assume maybe he's doing some injury recovery. I know he dealt with a lot of injuries in 2022. You know, kind of came back earlier than he probably was supposed to as well. Uh, he kind of told us that after the Pittsburgh Steelers game, uh, after Pittsburgh Steelers loss, that he kind of forced his way back and maybe wasn't necessarily ready either. He went on season ending IR at the end of the year. So, you know, we'll kind of have to see how things go. Uh, throughout that as he goes through the rest of his uh, his program. Mark Ingram, same thing. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he's going to be back, though. It doesn't seem likely. I'm very curious to see kind of what's next for Mark Ingram. We'll see. Uh, but him and Jarvis Landry, I have them not coming back, although they're dealing with injuries and things like that. So that could potentially factor in. Other players that I don't have coming back, Nick Vanette, New Orleans Saints tight end. Now that they've got Juwan Johnson re-signed and ready to go, I think that they're going to continue to build that room up, but I don't think Nick Vanette's a part of the future there. David Johnson came in on a flyer one-year deal partway through the season. I don't think that he's back. Uh, Malcolm Roach, the Saints, according to Nick Underhill at New Orleans Football, offered him a multi-year deal. He decided to test free agency. We haven't seen him sign anywhere, so he could be back, but I just feel like with that sort of already being there, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to take a leave of absence, and then you never come back. Like That's kind of what that feels like, so we'll see there. And then I have Chris Harris Jr. also headed elsewhere as well. The players that I have the Saints keeping, safety, defensive back, however you want to classify him, P.J. Williams. Um, 
P.J. Williams has been on like five straight one-year deals, four straight one-year deals, however many it's been. I could see him taking another and being around here in New Orleans again. It's a place where he fits. Him and Dennis Allen really like one another. I, I think that could be a good fit for him to come back. The Saints need help. They need those sort of bodies in the slot, bodies that, that can play safety as well. I mean, that's a spot where they're in need. So I could see P.J. Williams uh, returning. And relevant to the P.J. Williams of it all now, recording this a little bit after I finished recording earlier. Uh, I wanted to drop this insert in here. The Saints sign versatile defensive back Lonnie Johnson. Now, Lonnie Johnson Jr., who was formerly of the Kentucky Wildcats, came in in 2019, six foot two, a little bit over 200 pounds, uh, long athletic defensive back with a lot of versatility, played overwhelmingly throughout his career at free safety. Um, but you know, over 400 snaps his rookie year at wide corner and has appeared in the slot and in the box as well. So lots of different places where he could go. So maybe if PJ Williams doesn't return in New Orleans, you have a guy now in Lonnie Johnson Jr. who has that that versatility and the Saints do really well with those players. So maybe PJ Williams isn't back after all. Same thing for Daniel Sorensen. Maybe it's mostly a special teams role, just like it was last year. But again, I don't think that he was uh, you know, horrible for you when he had to step in. In fact, he had that interception against the Cleveland Browns. He had an interception again later on in the year. So I don't know that you necessarily want him to be your starter, but he comes in, you know, serves a vital role as a veteran guy, um, as a coach on the field, as a, as a special teamer, and then, you know, valuable depth if you ever need to lean on him. I hope Contavia Street is back. I think he's one of the smartest players in the locker room. Um, the Saints obviously have a lot of need over at defensive tackle. He really started to come on toward the end of the season. So I have him coming back. I'd love to see him back. Uh, cornerback Isaac Yadam, I've got him coming back as well. He really was like the same star gunner opposite JT Gray last year. And, and probably like no one knows who I'm talking about here. Uh, but I, I do think that he would be a pivotal piece to bring back. In addition to bringing back JT Gray, getting both of those gunners back, I think would be excellent for New Orleans. And then I have a couple of defenders here, Chase Hansen, Albert Huggins. These are guys that continuously come back. So I could see them being back, even if it's not until training camp or something like that. Maybe they don't start training camp with the Saints, but I could see those guys being back. Here are my I don't knows, though. Marcus Callaway, the New Orleans Saints wide receiver, and then linebacker and special teams ace Andrew Dahl. I could see both of these guys coming back. Marcus Callaway, there was news that came out that, you know, the Saints didn't plan to, you know, that the Saints didn't plan to immediately re-sign him. They were going to let him test the market, but that a return to New Orleans wasn't out of the question. I think Marcus Callaway could still have value here in New Orleans, right? He's another big-bodied receiver. Um, you know, you don't want to have to lean on him as a starter for you, like toward the end of the season where he dropped that slant, by the way, you know, for instance, not by the way, but for instance, you know, that's a Michael Thomas route. That's a Michael Thomas throw you want to be making, not necessarily a Marcos Callaway throw, but just seeing the Saints emphasis on culture, the Saints emphasis on, you know, guys that come in and fit in the locker room, like Marcos Callaway is absolutely one of those guys. Like he has a whole battle role thing that he used to do with Deontay Hardy at the beginning of stretch that he started doing now with. Uh, Traquan Smith while Hardy was out in, uh, in with injured reserves. So they kept that alive. Him and Traquan would do that together. And honestly, like if I'm given the opportunity here and I'm saying, okay, I could save money by moving on from Traquan Smith, but I can bring Marquez Callaway back on a vet minimum, especially at his price point, I, I would happily do that. Especially knowing that the top 51 players are the only ones right now that count against the salary cap. It doesn't seem like there's that much of a reason to not bring him back. So I could see that being the case, but we saw the report earlier that earlier in the offseason, the Saints didn't plan on re-signing him, at least not immediately. So it kind of puts that same, you know, stank on it the way that I thought about the, the Malcolm Roach thing is like, ah, well, if you didn't re-sign when you had the chance, then maybe you're not going to re-sign, period. And so for the Saints, it's like, well, if you didn't, if you, if you outright said you're not going to re-sign him, 
when you had the chance immediately, you might not look to resign him. Andrew Dowell, the Saints have needs at linebacker. They could use some depth there. He's a great special teamer for them, all of that. But do you just go and look at DeMarco Jackson coming back as your free agency addition at linebacker this offseason? How does that impact But if you look at it, right? I mean, it, for me, it could be either Chase Hansen or Andrew Dowell. So I could see the Saints bringing either one of those guys back, even if it's not at the beginning of free agency or at the beginning of training camp or something like that. But throughout camp, I could see those guys making return. So lots of different places for the Saints to still continue to add talent. And they've got more than enough money and opportunity to do it. All right, coming up in tomorrow's episode, it is the middle of the week. So we have our midweek mock draft as well as midweek fundamentals. So we're going to take a look at the compensatory free agent formula. How many compensatory picks are the Saints in line for in 2024? How do you get there? And how does it all balance out? So we'll explain all of that for you, get you all caught up on that. But we'll also do a midweek mock draft here, looking at potentially landing a top wide receiver in the first round. Why? Because we can. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with another episode of Locked on Saints tomorrow. Appreciate you as always for making me your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to check out Locked on NFL Scouting with your uh, with your second listen. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino giving you everything you need to know every single Monday through Friday on what it takes to build a successful NFL franchise. NFL offseason, starting with the free agency into the draft, all of it, as well as salary cap management, everything. Really, really cool stuff and really, really good insight to help make you an even smarter football fan. Appreciate you as always making me part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.